Jono, Tommy, I'm going to give you a phrase, okay? And I want you to give me an example sentence that includes that phrase and puts it in context for what it means, okay? Jono, we're going to start with you. Time is on my side. Well, at least time is on my side, if nothing else. (laughs) Yeah, fine, great. Let's keep I'm it loose. I'm so glad John went first. I had no idea what you were talking about. Yeah, okay, I thought I I'd start I'm with that. Okay, yeah. Right, Tommy, your turn. <laughs> okay. Turn back the hands of time. Turn back the hands of time and imagine you are a teenager again. Brilliant. Jono, back to you. A whale of a time. Ah, uh, when we got the inflatables out, just had a whale of a time. Was there an inflatable whale amongst oh. those? Who knows? Who knows? Lovely. Thank you, Johnny. Tommy, only time will tell. Oh, he's lost eight tasks. Can he go any further? Only time will tell. That's great. A little reference back to The Apprentice. And finally, it's one for me. And the phrase is time well spent. Got it. Investing in something of quality that will endure a lifetime can be time well spent. And so let me tell you about Marlowe Watch Company, creators of British-designed mechanical watches and sponsors of this podcast. With Marlowe, each collection of watches is influenced by a historical story of inspiring human endeavour. And not only are they pleasing to the eye, they're reassuring to hold and to wear. Visit marlowwatchcompany.com to see for yourself. And if you're looking for reassurance elsewhere, you'll find the words quality and value come up time and again in independent online reviews. Marlowe Watch Company. Time well spent. So what, what is it about being fashionably late? Mm. Like, mm. Why, is it, why is it fashionable? Well, is this, does this come down to what you think your, your dad was alluding to, Tommy, and that it's rude socially, it's rude to turn up on time? Maybe. Is it also the power thing or the coolness thing? You know, the most important people arrive hours and hours late because they've got other parties they've got to be at. If you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, you didn't want to be there. I I try incredibly hard to, uh, and I have improved significantly, but um, most of my entire life I have been late. So many possible excuses. But what's the true cost of being late? And to who? Hello and welcome to Sketchplanations, the podcast. The snap, crackle and pop of the podcast world. Top breeders recommend it. It refreshes parts other podcasts can't reach. An exceedingly good listen that loves the jobs you hate and does exactly what it says on the tin. It gives you wings. So why not have a break? Have a listen to Sketchplanations, the podcast. Every little helps. Just do it, because you're worth it. What's the worst that can happen? You'll either love it or hate it. The three of us, we're the team that likes to say yes. Impossible is nothing. What? I'm Rob Bell, and with me here once again, my accomplices, the Captain Crunch of creativity, John O'Hay, and the Mr. Muscle of Mischief, Tom Pellero. Very nice. Evening to you both. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> Mr. Muscle. Um, TV ads. Yes. You're pretty good at them, it seems. Do you know, I did a, um, a commercial voice reel um, once, which is really fun to do. You, you, you just find TV ads or radio ads that you think you could replicate. And then with um, a producer, you kind of replicate them all. It's great. It's really, really fun because you put on all sorts of voices. And... You remake ads that you already know. Yeah. Yeah, just, and he puts like cool sound effects and stuff. Is in. that just for giggles yeah. or 
No, it's to try and get work <laughs> oh, doing that. Okay. <laughs> just, just, just for fun. It's a great day out. There are some. There have been some ad campaigns that have really, really stuck with me, and some from my childhood. I don't know if I don't know if I man, you boys. There's, there's a weird one. I mean, I started off with the old snap, crackle, and pop. There was one. It was Kellogg's Fruit and Fiber. I remember it, and it was a TV ad. And these, there's uh, like a couple of guys, a guy and a girl, and um, maybe like a caddy in a golf cart, and they're going through this kind of weird golf world. And the song, I remember There's at the end it goes, um, uh, apples, hazelnuts, bananas, raisins, coconuts, sultanas. Now my breakfast really going with a swing. <laughs> do you remember that one? I do, I do, I do remember that one. Do you, know, yeah. do you know who is that? Do you know who that is? The guy who says that at the end? No. It's Ross Kemp. No way. Uh, Grant Mitchell from EastEnders and kind of hard man documentary guy. <laughs> Wow, that's that, brilliant. That, that's one of mine. Any, any from you boys, any that you remember? That's good trivia. I, I, I remember a lot as as kids for some, you know, random ones, you know, like they just stick with you, like p- p- pick up a penguin or yeah. mm. quick fit ones or like... You can't get quicker than a quick, quick fit. We're the boys who trust. <laughs> exactly. That one. That person sitting in the bath with it overflowing and not the, answering the, the telephone. The flake. Eating a flake. Yeah. The flake. I mean, who eats a flake in the bath? It's was, ridiculous. Wasn't thing. there a lizard runs across the telephone at some point? What's going there was. on there? Yeah, nobody knew. But they stick I, with us, right? I remember the Umbongo yeah. song. Yeah. Well, I've got that written down as well. It sticks well. with well. you. <laughs> Umbongo, <laughs> right. Umbongo. They don't mean in the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> if you just mumble it, you yeah. get through it. I think it's they they drink it in the Congo. I think it was, well, it was it was very yeah, which they obviously don't. Which <laughs> is probably why they're not doing do, that. Do we know that for sure? I'd love to go. I've not been to the Democratic Republic of Congo, but I'd love to go there one day and see a big umbongo truck <laughs> drive yeah, down the road. You'll say, yeah, John ah, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Do you remember the Hamlet, the Mars cigar ones with the squir- Was Brilliant. it the squirrel? Uh, they were good. Or the there were quite a few. The squirrel. They had the, um, air on a g-string. Air on a g-string. Yeah. Rust somebody. I think. Have you have you confused oh, that the Carlsberg the Carling one? Black Label? Sorry, Carling. Yeah, but he drinks Carling Black Label. Yeah, Hamlet the Mars yeah. cigar was slightly different ones. The Hamlet Mars cigar I remember is the guy who's trying to get his photo done in a little photo booth, and he's got a little comb over, <laughs> and it and it keeps it keeps taking the photo when he's not quite ready. <laughs> Yeah. Do you remember the um the bin men, bin men walking around whispering and they see like somebody's left a fridge out and they're like mm, all right go on let's take it and it's like Carlsberg if we don't do bin services but if we did they'd probably be the best <laughs> they were good they yeah, were good like but I love I love that world of advertising I find it fascinating and um like people who work in advertising as well the creatives who come up with these things absolutely awesome I learned this a little while ago. A friend of mine works in advertising and she is part of a creative team. And and when you are in that world, you kind of, you become a couple, the two of you um, in this creative world in advertising and you stay together. So you have like your your work husband or or wife. And if if one of you leaves to go to another agency, you both leave. And you've very much become this this partnership. It's, um, I I don't know if that's unique to to advertising, but it's, um, I found it fascinating to learn that when I did. If you have a spare half an hour, I really recommend there's a there's an article about the invention of Bailey's, the drink. And it's basically like, first of all, there's, there's two guys working at an agency and they got £3,000 for inventing Bailey's as a drink, which is just sold as, you know, 15 billionth bottle. Ah. And they literally just came up with the whole thing. The previous one they worked on was like Kerrygold butter, which is still going. And then they were working on a, 
a whiskey product and they were like what if we put these things together you know put basically cream in your whiskey and they're like that's crazy and they walked down the shop and bought some sugar and then they walked that didn't work and then they walked down and got some hot chocolate powder and they're like this is actually quite good that's it's a fascinating read yeah, that's digress. amazing i will look that up because i yeah. i love i yeah. love stuff like that i love how brands come together but, it's good uh, fun lucas Ed sport gets you thirst fast <laughs> it does <laughs> it's isotonic that's that's how we yeah. all that's how the world was introduced to this yeah. sports science phenomena of something that's isotonic nobody John knows Barnes. what it means do they brilliant it, it, i'll tell you what it means it means it's in balance with your body fluids <laughs> <laughs> But Sketchplanations has a slogan, right? It does. It does. Go on. Explaining the world one sketch at a time. Brilliant. Did that come to you? Did you have to work on it? Did you put it out to advertising agencies? No, I didn't run that through a branding agency. I probably should do. I quite liked... Um, I wanted to get a bit of alliteration after reading this book about writing. And and also because um, some of it's like less literal these days. In fact, some of that, I think, is actually more interesting to explain stuff which is less literal that you wouldn't find like in a geography textbook i wondered about like the wisdom of the world in sketches because you've got like these uh, w's that kind yeah. of thing yeah but i am still one at a time i like trying, it trying to explain the world i like that. it a lot i like it a lot thank you all right let's move this along um a bit of admin though before we do uh, head into this week's episode uh, thank you all once again for listening and I think I talked about it last week that um, you know I like to think of it this podcast family this podcast community that we're creating and fun fact if you are listening to this you are part of a club that at my last check spans across 70 different countries 7-0 and the only continent that we're yet to break is Antarctica but we're working on it uh, so if you do know anybody who um lives down there or is maybe stationed down there for a while it'd be amazing to try and get them to listen as well even if it's just for one episode so we can trigger that stat uh, <laughs> for the podcast series all across all seven continents um and we always welcome with uh, with great warmth and appreciation and love all of your emails and correspondence tommy what's the email address hello at sketchplanations.com Thank you. And you can also obviously get in touch with us via social media as well. Leave us comments or whatever. Um, so let us know about your experiences or thoughts on, on any of the topics that we've covered on here. Um, and we'll be sharing some of those again at the very end of this episode. And if you're only just joining us on this, our eighth installment, and you fancy going back to listen to the previous episodes, quick correction, this is actually our 13th episode. Remember, a podcast a day helps you work, rest and play. Here we go. This week, we're going to be talking about the true cost of being late. What does repeated tardiness say about someone and their attitude towards others? And I can feel all three of us, we're, we're slightly slightly nervous. We've come into this with a little bit of trepidation this evening. Um, Jono's sketch should be up on your screens now as the artwork for this episode. But if not, you can always seek it out at sketchrelations.com. All right then, Jono. This one's fairly simple, isn't it? I mean, it's fairly straightforward. Um but do you want to start by describing the scenario that you portray in your sketch and, and tell us why you felt this was something you wanted to include in your collection of sketches? Yeah, for sure. Um, so the scene is very simple, as you say. It's essentially like a, a big meeting. This is like a board meeting, a long table, 
and there's 10 people sat at the table and there's one chap coming in and he's like oh sorry guys got up got caught up for 10 minutes and what i tried to do in the sketch is highlight this 10 minutes for him being late but actually every single one of those people who were sat at the chairs all 10 of them had also lost 10 minutes and that adds up to like a hundred minutes of wasted time and so it's really it was about not underestimating the the collective waste of time if you hold things up and it's not always i think trying to get across that we don't always think about adding up all the time that is being lost we just think about the time that we lost that 10 minutes and actually a hundred minutes were lost it's been like if you have a team meeting and a company meeting and you've got a hundred people and it's an hour that's a hundred hours of work that you're doing you know using for that so this stuff is quite precious so that's what i was trying to get across yeah and why why did you why did you want to include this at sketchplanations.com do you remember how when it came to you you thought oh yeah let's do one on tardiness yeah you know what this is um uh, somewhat unusual uh, because I did this one as a request for somebody. Who, did you? Yeah, who asked for a few different things, a lot of um, some business-related topics, but also several on this kind of theme. Um, and I guess, you know, they wanted a way of quickly explaining and sharing some of those, these key points they wanted to share and let people know in their team. Yeah. And this was this was one of those topics. And I remember at the time, um, I have done some custom sketches for people at, at times, but because I have a day job, um, it only usually makes sense if it's something which I think is useful to include in the newsletter. And this is something, we, you know, I've experienced and could absolutely relate to um and so i was like actually you know that's a great one to do and so i did it for him thank you bruce um, does, um, and i thought it was useful to share to other people does bruce work for you by any chance <laughs> bruce doesn't work for me. He's, he's like yep yeah, that's johnny walking in late <laughs> yeah. yeah just uh maybe you could do something that, about uh, wasting my time no johnny's never late for anything fortunately not. <laughs> uh t- tommy tommy what's your relationship with uh with lateness you oh. you run your business so how 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 are you setting an example within your company about being punctual uh, or do you do i you i try incredibly hard to uh and i have improved significantly but um most of my entire life i have been late um and actually thinking back um about this it was something that was sort of set to me from a from a young age. My my dad, we love him. Uh, he was always late for me at school. Um, I remember just always being the last one to be picked up most days. Uh, I actually remember fondly uh, the last day of school. He was about four hours late because um, he didn't realise school finished at twelve. And no one could get hold of him or find him. And it was before mobile phones. And he was an hours and hours late. Um, uh, and bless him. And my, my family were always, always late. And slightly, my dad was like, well, it's, it's not really very polite to be on time. But that was in a sort of social context. He always used to take the view that being 15 minutes late is kind of really what people want. And and I have struggled for a lot of my life to to get beyond that and to and sketches like Jono's here have really helped me to significantly improve. But it's it's very difficult because there is that with it, lateness within different cultures can be interpreted differently. So um, I was reading somewhere that um, in in 
countries, for example, Germany, South Korea or Japan, if you're not 10 minutes early for a meeting, then you're deemed to be late for it. And I guess that's in a professional sense, but I don't know if that carries over into um, kind of social life as well. Uh, whereas in Saudi Arabia, apparently, lateness is a sign of seniority. So it's 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 interesting how it you know it has these it has these different positions within different cultures, but you know every company has a culture. So I was wondering what you what what do you think your company culture on punctuality is, Tom? Uh, un- unfortunately, the company culture is probably from me, and so we are regularly uh, late, and I now really struggle to get people to be on time for internal meetings. Um, yeah, because often I get called in something, and then I I am late for it, which is uh, which is a struggle. But it it sort of really pains me. But then I know I'm probably the worst in it, uh, and I I slightly feel that these podcasts, you know, with fubbing, with optimism bias, with cost of being late recently, <laughs> you and Jono. <laughs> actually just sort of you know got a subtle hint system going on to uh try and improve me as an an individual we're not actually publishing it's like a self-help system that's going going on (laughs) well listen i mean i'm i'm not great at this at all i have i have previously been regularly late for stuff all the time i still am a little bit but again yeah like you i'm really conscious of it and i want to be better and i try to be better but I always feel like I'm really rushing around to, to leave on time yeah. or to get somewhere or having to sprint from the tube station to wherever it is on the other side to be there on time, even though you're a sweaty mess. Yeah. That 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 kind of thing. Now, I, I sent around a little a little kind of, you know, one of those one of those crappy quiz. No, I'm not going to call it crappy. Uh, I sent around a, a very quick little quiz earlier um, for you guys to just answer a few questions and see where you are within the scale of 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 where people are with punctuality. Um, did you manage to do it? I did. Where did you? I'll, I'll go first. So mine, mine came out as option uh, C, which means that I am, I'm there with twenty percent of the populations in that I am regularly late. John O. Yeah, I'm. <clears throat> I was in the middle. It's kind of like a bell curve, right? Yeah, which was uh, most people in the middle. So, um, I don't. Apparently, I don't find it too difficult to be on time, and it was good for me to try and understand both of the opposite sides: the people who like to be super early and the people who always struggle to be late. Yeah, so that is what would be good for me. Yeah, Tommy, can we guess? Yeah, I was uh, a. I was always uh, no, I, was, I was in. I was in C. Um, but I could uh, sense also by the way the questions were that I was uh, had the opportunity to be even more of a C uh, if I if I uh, meant to be. Um, <laughs> that wasn't exactly that. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, censored yeah, yourself. Well, um, now I do have so, um, so C, I do have an important on, thing to mention on this is that someone gave me yeah, wise words the other day in the fact or about, about a year ago saying the thing about being on time right is that you have to be comfortable with the fact you are therefore going to be early potentially half the time if not more See, because other people are late no in the fact that to be to get to something on time oh, you yeah. can't be that accurate as to if 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 your minimum is on time, you've therefore got to be prepared. You're going to be 5, 10, 15 minutes early for stuff. And I think yeah. a lot of people are like, oh, no, I've got to use that time, you know, productively. To be on time means you have to be prepared to be early a lot of the time. And you just have to get... Which is a real mind shift, yeah. right, from where you and I are. And I, I correct myself, so it's not um, 
we're in that in that third category. We're twenty percent of the people who are late more often than they'd like to admit are the words that was used, which I can I can sit behind. I can say, yeah, okay, that's that is probably right. Yeah, so that's that's interesting. So yeah, if you're going to be on time, you're going to have to be prepared to have time on your hands when you get there. Yeah, it, it really it reminds me. I don't know if you ever read this article. It was like. Um, if you've never missed a flight, then you're spending too much time in airports. Mm. You ever heard that? Mm. So, so you know, which is which is basically like, in order to not miss any flights, yeah. you mm. have to you have to like really err on the side of being super early, which means you are going to be spending a lot of time in airports. And so maybe some people would prefer to optimize, not waste all that time in airports, but miss the odd flight as a result. And we, we touched on this a couple of weeks ago in uh, the episode on optimism bias, I think, um, you know, stories of when we've missed yeah. flights. Do, do you know what, Johnny? This is reminding me of something. I met you in central London once and we were going to go for a, a drink somewhere. And I arrived probably slightly after the time that we'd, we'd said. And you were there. Do you know what you're doing? No. You were across the other side of the road from the bar that we're going to go into with your sketchbook and you're doing a little sketch of it. <laughs> yes, you were. Yeah. Well, there you go, make, making the most of the time. Actually, I feel like with, with phones these days, yeah. it's easy to make the most of any yeah. time and, and you don't feel that. I mean, to be honest, as I said before, I love being in airports and I, I could happily sit in there and get a coffee and reading your book in an airport for a couple of hours before a flight. It sounds delightful to me. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, then you've got to be but careful. But I think also... Because the two times I've missed flights, I was, <laughs> I was actually in the airport. I just wasn't in the right place at the right time, unfortunately. So uh, they're lovely places to hang out. But, keep an eye. But I think I think it's a bit it's a bit different. Like when you're when you you know a lot of where I work is remote now. Yeah. And I notice that I'm not quite as good if it's like an internal meeting and it and we're meeting online. Yeah. Because. I know that well two things. One is that they didn't go massively out of their way to come and meet me, so it's not like they you know took a train and trekked into central London mm. or stayed the night in a hotel or whatever. So that sort of reduced the stakes a bit. And the other thing is, if I'm a few minutes late, well, they were probably working on their computer anyway. Yeah, They're, I know that, like, to, to your dad's point, if somebody's a few minutes late to the meeting and I was doing something, I'd be like, okay, well, I'll do, I'll do a few bits. <laughs> okay, I'll carry on. And that's much easier when you haven't like messed up your day to go into a coffee shop or meet somewhere, which is inconvenient to you, I think. So I wonder yeah. if it, I feel like it changes a little bit the inconvenience to the other person. Yes, I think I think you're right. So it's very much about the situation in terms of how prepared you might be for something. So one of the one of the biggest things to uh, I think try and not be late for would be a job interview, something like that, because it it can give an impression if you're meeting people for the first time, whether that's online actually or elsewhere if you are late and this is their first impression of you you know first impressions do count don't they yeah um so i think so there, there are quite there are quite a few factors that you we, we all probably subconsciously calculate in the i don't know hour half hour 15 minutes before we are supposed to be somewhere or we are supposed to leave to get somewhere depending on what that situation is you're, you're right it's, it's sort of going on in your head so it goes back a bit to like a job interview is very much your buying or selling point tom so i think yeah yeah good point a lot of it is about who's got the power in the situation so if you're if you're buying and you don't necessarily think you need what they're buying then you're almost doing them a favor to if you turn up and listen yeah. kind of thing so you're yeah. It, it can rub off into whether or not you're like, oh, I've rushed to this thing or I, or I don't. And a job interview, obviously, if you want the job, then 
they are the ones with the power and so you're you're more likely to make sure that you're on time yeah i've had a couple of people come to me to interviews and they've been late and i'm like sort of what is even the point in having this interview if you're going to be late for the interview like my my feeling is you you just cannot be late for an interview that's if you have to arrive an hour early you do that and you just go around the corner and, and hide like i have never ever been late for a lord sugar board meeting i'm always there at least one if not two hours early to make sure now the the only problem with that is occasionally he'll then see me and i'm there to in a black should we start early then and so I've found that I've actually sort of stay a little bit around the corner because I don't want to necessarily start early. I just want to make sure yeah, yeah. that I am definitely there, ready to go at least 15 minutes early. But there are certain things which you just don't can't be late for. And there are things where it's maybe a little bit more of a balance, but certainly. Do, do, do you know that um, I think it was a basketball player or, or a, sport, a sports player who's, who said something like, if if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, you didn't want to be there. Yeah. And that's that sort of, I think, what shows if you're, if you're late for a job interview. Well, you, you obviously didn't care yeah. that yeah. much. Otherwise, yeah. you would have been here. It's like, you know. It is that, isn't it? Fundamentally, it is that. And Tommy and I are sat here going, oh, we have this self-realization <laughs> of what awful people we are. <laughs> maybe i think one of the so the important bit about the sketch really is not not having to dig at anybody being late for their own appointments right like that's up to them if they don't value the getting to the dentist on time that's up to them it's their loss um this is really about underestimating everybody else's collective waste of time so this is actually quite a small example the one in the sketch which is like 10 people in a boardroom who you're messing about <clears throat> or in a boardroom but long long meeting i think another one which comes up a fair bit and actually i couldn't find it but um seth godin had a nice little post about it and he gave the example of <clears throat> if you if you hold a train door of a full train even for like 20 seconds to let to let one person on let's say because they were running down the stairs you have just potentially delayed the 2000 people who are on that train by the 20 seconds and yeah. so you have to you have to always have to weigh weigh in mind well what am i obviously that's a lovely thing to do for the person who was stressing to get the train was it worth the you know x number of hours that you just lost yeah. for the people on the train who might now be a little bit late to something and and i think it extends like if you you know if you keep a theater full of people waiting for an extra 10 minutes that's a lot of time that you yeah. that you've used up I, I i remember once we had um at the previous company we had a, a visit by a vip <clears throat> turned out to be a, a politician and it was all arranged and everybody had everything sort of scripted and their parts and you're going to be here and then we'll show them that and you'll you know bring them in and we'll go around the office in this order and literally you know nothing happened in the in the two days before if you were involved in meeting them and then 10 minutes before they said oh sorry he's not gonna, not going to turn up you know oh, what a colossal waste of time and you know if you're i mean it's probably tending to much bigger more important things but that's kind of the thing isn't it that's the power it's like well we were we were this teeny little thing yeah not very important to them and this other thing was much more important and so we run around and waste all our time and and he you know maximizes every minute doing the most important thing yeah so what what is it about being fashionably late Mm. And why is it why is it fashionable well, is this does this come down to what you think your your dad was alluding to tommy and that it's rude socially it's rude to turn up on time 
maybe is it also the power thing or the coolness thing you know the most important people arrive hours and hours late because they've got other parties they've got to be at or something you've been at other parties yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's right I do I do have a thing like if I if I'm meeting at a place I try and be early but if it you know if you're meeting at seven and you're and you're ready at seven like outside like should you you know the moment the clock strikes seven should you ring the doorbell or is that a bit much and so I do sometimes I put myself in the other people's shoes and think well if I was them I might still be like getting stuff ready I might might appreciate if somebody was 10 minutes a a few minutes late so I'll I'll ring the bell at 702 (laughs) That this this was one of the questions in that little quiz, uh, I think, about um how do you feel if if people come around to your house and, and they're late? You're like, actually that's it's all right, it's quite good actually, I don't I don't mind it. It gives me a little bit more time just to get things ready. So I think I, well that that's the way I saw it. And I think that's that's the other side of what you're talking about there, Johnny. I, yeah. I think I think the other group of people were ready hours ago. <laughs> And, and they're like, <laughs> where the, are they? Where the hell is wrong? It's now seven. <laughs> yeah, we could have been going for. Hours. Is there like a self-selection <laughs> thing? Is you end up being friends with people who have similar views on this? Maybe, but what? Because you just frustrate the yeah. hell out of each other. Yeah. Main, mainly, it's the the guys in Group C frustrating the people yeah. in Group A, right? Because so, I don't think I don't think the the I don't think I would get frustrated by someone who's always on time. Yeah, they just don't want to hang out with you have anymore. You... Yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of that that one where, um, like. It's a bit like, you know, when you run from a bear, you don't have to run faster than a bear. You just have to run faster than the slowest guy running from yeah. the bear. Yeah. And, and and I think about that sometimes, particularly with an online meeting. Like if you join the meeting, even two seconds before somebody else, well, then you were there. Yeah. yeah. You could have been there however yeah. long. It's great. You know? It's it does make you feel good when someone comes in after. I think a related one, you know, I mentioned that one of this sketch was one of a sort of set. <clears throat> and another one, which is quite related, which is like, know your tech. And it's, and the point with that one was like, if you're going to give a presentation or something, if you're the one in charge yeah. of yeah. like hosting something, no, there's not really any excuse for like, not knowing how to connect the thing or get the sound working or something like if it's important test learn it yeah. because otherwise you're doing exactly what happens with turning up 10 minutes late is you're yeah. using up everybody's time while you while you fix stuff I know, I know a lot of people probably don't like that because it can be a bit daunting but the i mean the recipe is you just got to learn it you just got to get good at it like practice you know practice rehearse get there 10 minutes early and get everything set up and you know don't i don't always manage it but when it really counts normally we do yeah, yeah. That reminded me of um, of a story I heard about the late um, Australian comedian Barry Humphreys, where he would he would be at the theatre obviously early before his gig, um, and he'd bring in the the staff of the theatre and he'd brief them, especially the stewards, that if people did arrive late, that they should usher the latecomers in through the very front of the auditorium, <laughs> nice. so that everybody would see them, so that he could build that into his act. <laughs> Not it wasn't really to punish them, but it was it was to build it into his act because he you know he'd have have his little shtick and his little kind of um, repartee with them. That's very clever, isn't it? And I bet those people probably weren't late to the to the next show either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we, if we're talking about the cost of being late, we've talked about you know other people's time, but there was some research done apparently by Heathrow Express in 2012 that looked at the the financial cost of people being late. 
So apparently, according to this this research, it costs the UK economy, this was in 2012, nine billion pounds a year. Um, but there was another report summary I read about um, tardiness costing the US economy three billion dollars a year. So there's a bit of a misbalance there. Let's just say billions of pounds from economies yes. wasted every year by people being late. So there's that financial cost, there's the time cost and then i mean we touched on it earlier about i guess people's impressions of you and if you're working in a in a team i guess there's a, a kind of morale type thing if maybe the lead is late um or or somebody within the team is, is continuously late it could probably be a bit of a drag and quite demotivating maybe so there's, there's that kind of cost as well I mean, apart from it being a bit annoying, if there's a few of you, I just yeah, I think you you gradually pick up on whether or not that person's respecting your time. Yeah, really. Yeah. Like, why should we wait here? Like, we can't do anything while they're not here. That's kind of annoying after a while. Like, they don't really care that much. I think you definitely definitely can get that sense. I I find I do. <laughs> I don't like being not prepared yeah. for things. Sorry. I like being prepared for things is an easy way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> to avoid the double negative. Um, and I've found that I will sometimes, so the times when, what times that stress me most out when I'm late is when I haven't had time fully to prepare. And occasionally I will swap the little bit of preparation time for the late time. Ah. So I'd, I'd rather arrive a couple of minutes late, but with my, with my thoughts collected and ready to be useful than on time and not actually be ready and be flustered trying to get stuff across. And in, I mean, maybe that equals out, right? Like perhaps, perhaps I'm going to do a better job while I'm there and that's respect for their time rather than wasting their time while I get my thoughts together in the meeting. Well, I'm glad you say that John, <laughs> because you do, you do seem quite prepared for this podcast, but who was here on time and who arrived a minute late? <laughs> yeah. A little, a little so... confession. <laughs> <laughs> and I was using that time to prepare. I'm sure you were. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you were. And it, and it shows. So in a way, <laughs> thank you for being late. It's because I respect your time that yeah. I was that two minutes late. I, I like that. I like that. <laughs> so some, some techniques to try and improve your, your tardiness, your timekeeping, I guess. So one, which I really, really like, is to try and involve others if they aren't already. So... If you're going somewhere, maybe offer somebody a lift if you're driving. So then you've made a commitment to somebody else to pick mm. them up at a certain time. Um, or if you, um, I mean, finance is coming to this one a little bit. But if you're going to the airport, book a taxi. So then the taxi will be there at a time. Mm. And then you've got to go because the taxi's there. As opposed to in your own time, I'll get the train or I'll make my own way there or I'll drive there, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so that was one to commit commit to others uh, or involve other people within that and i'm sure there are loads of different techniques that people can suggest to um help improve i really like the one about um giving other people a lift for example it's kind of like using this whole principle and and flicking it to be helpful for you isn't it like because you don't want to waste their time as well and because you respect their time more than perhaps you respect your own time, mm. you're going to make your, make make sure that you're on time for them, mm. and that helps you. It's quite quite a handy one. Any other burning issues anyone wants to make about the cost of being late? I'm sorry, just that. Just want to for yeah. being late. 
Is that to everybody like, who you've been late like for? Just like to, say sorry. <laughs> to my family, my fa- my mum, <laughs> and for the people who I'm meeting so, tomorrow yeah. uh, in advance. I'm sorry. I'm trying to improve. Thank you, Tommy. Maybe, maybe one one thing I was thinking was that actually. I, I was I was thinking I'm I'm more likely to be on time for other people than I am for myself for yep. my own stuff. Yep. And I don't quite know what that says. Is it say I don't really respect my <laughs> own time as much as I respect other people's? Um, um, I don't think it does because the fact that you if you're late for yourself, it probably means that you've been busying yourself with other stuff that you deemed important at that time. Does it? And prioritize. I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to help Does you it? Out. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you can help me. Well, there you go. There's a little insight into uh, how we all tend to operate with regards to timekeeping. <laughs> um, we'd love to know what you guys think about that. And, oh, look, we're not going to be the only ones out there who I think I think there will be people listening who could relate to Tommy and mine kind of ways of operating <laughs> and as well as probably more people who can uh, relate to how, how John tends to operate. But we'd love to know what you guys think about it. Um, you can send your emails to hello at sketchfulations.com or as I've said many times before. You can leave us comments and messages and stuff on our social media channels. Uh, what's the worst thing you've been late for? How did you feel about keeping others waiting for you? Let us know. We've got a few messages to get through in a moment based on last week's episode, so stay tuned for that. And next week, we're going to bash through another quickfire round based on some of Jono's sketches that cover some fun and some interesting points on language and a few intriguing specific words in the English dictionary as well. Um, And I've learned so much from those types of sketches, so I'm looking forward to that. Make sure you don't miss it next week. But before we get into the post bag, let me reassure you that whether you're early, on time or genuinely late, we think you're great. Right, back in a sec. Right then, let's get into the postbag. And this week, we're going to be delving into the postbag from the last couple of episodes because, well, let's, I was away last week um, and I let the whole team down by going on holiday. So I'm sorry, all right? I'm sorry. Well, I had a lovely time. Thanks for asking. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let, we can go back a couple of weeks and um, uh, we can go back to the episode on Good Hearts Law. And we had a good few uh, comments in about that which is really fun um, Emily uh, sent me a message on Facebook who's somebody I used to work with when I worked for a company called the Energy Saving Trust and, um, Emily says yes this <laughs> this was much discussed during our EST Energy Saving Trust days and she now works for the NHS and it's still pertinent in the NHS and she says I might make people I work with listen to this episode so yeah go ahead Emily but um, yeah that, that those those KPIs that we used to have at the Energy Saving Trust were very much in my mind when um i was thinking about this episode on on good hearts law uh what else did we have guys uh, I, I had a i had a message from a ta bruton um with regards to good hearts law um episode asking mm. rob if you've been contacted by any good lawyers with reference to some of your <laughs> comments oh yeah very good yeah i did get I, I did get a little bit of heat actually from various people i think it was on instagram as well um about my those sweeping comments i made on lawyers that only the good ones make their money from finding <laughs> loopholes. Yeah, I am. I am feeling the heat a little bit. It's now hot in here already, isn't it? <laughs> Shall we move on, move on. quickly? <laughs> um, do you know? When I was looking through, I also noticed there were quite a few 
comment on Twitter when you originally posted your sketch about Goodhart's Law, Jono. Mm. Um, people referencing that they'd noticed it in education, in healthcare design, in politics, in wealth management. Um, and and I'd all, I also saw that it had been translated into French and what I think was Dutch as well. So that's pretty cool. Because um, I know nice. that France rates number five and Netherlands rates number 12 in our rankings uh, on where our <laughs> listeners are from. So, you know, that's, that's great. It's probably because of that. It probably is. <laughs> it probably is. And uh, Graham C on Twitter sent us a message saying that uh, Goodhart's Law is definitely a real thing. When they started measuring trains by how late they were, they simply increased travel times in the time <laughs> Yeah, I feel like we've really yeah, the, seen that. The fact that the trains used to be quicker, now they're slower and technically more on time. It's like, <laughs> is that really? It's like, it's like the worst of both worlds, isn't it? <laughs> but I mean, but what, what all of this reinforces for me is that, as we discussed in the podcast a couple of weeks ago, it's everywhere, right? It's happening all the time, all around us. Mm. It's everywhere. So thanks very much for those guys. Um, do you know what? I'm moving on then to last week's episode on cross-modal perception. Uh, actually, no, before we do that, as I said, I was on holiday. And part of that holiday, um, I was in Switzerland, where I made my own <laughs> I made my own observation. I made an observation uh, with a, a, an advertisement poster for a Swiss telecom company that refers back to um, uh, one of the sketches we talked about in our quickfire round, uh, about reduplication. It turns out it's international. It doesn't only happen in English because the, what the, the slogan for this Swiss telecom company was bli blablo, <laughs> as in like blah, 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 I guess. Um, yeah, which is the I followed by the A followed by the O. He'll splish, splash, splash. Exactly. Instead of blah, blah, bli. It's harder yeah. to say. It's hard. <laughs> it <is>. <laughs> So even and and this was in a French speaking part of Switzerland. Um, so there you go, there you go. Um, but yeah, cross modal perception. Uh, did you chaps have anything in on that? I had um, I found an article actually somebody shared with me, which is because um, we were talking about plain food mm. and how food actually tastes different when you're in a plane. And the excerpt from the article was. Um, even the sound of the engine changes the way food tastes. Exposure to the background noise of an aeroplane, which can reach 80 to 85 decibels, dulls your sensitivity to salty and sugary flavours while enhancing your perception of the proteinous fifth taste, umami. Mm. This explains the enduring love affair between air passengers and tomato juice, which is ordered as much as beer in flight. No. If you drink it in the sky, it tastes richer, more savoury and less acidic. That's amazing. That is good, isn't it? I, I mean, I, I order it on planes. I, and, and where else do you order it? Nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Like, I, I have a real hankering for it when the trolley comes through. Maybe we should sit next to, like, a, a loud coffee machine in a cafe, and then you'd really appreciate the tomato juice as well. How many coffee places do you know serve tomato juice <laughs> they're missing a trick it's not a big combo for the seats next to the coffee machine at 80 oh, decibels man. <laughs> yet you'd have the fridge just full <laughs> just a really loud spot tomato juice just tomato juice buy and get one <laughs> they're missing a trick <laughs> like, guys we should keep this quiet and uh, open up our own <laughs> chain 
That's amazing. Wow. Wow. T's and C's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm completely blown away by that. So another comment that came in on Instagram from Pretch, who I believe has messaged us before, um, says, a couple of years ago, I started eating on a smaller plate at home. I read somewhere that by doing so, you'd think you've consumed enough and would no longer crave for another serving. And yes, it helped me eat less and eventually lose weight. Mm. Yay. I definitely think it helps you serve out less as well. Yeah. Naturally. Na- I mean, yeah, naturally. <laughs> I mean, that... <laughs> it's called physics, I think. Nice part it it yeah. <laughs> well, you do see the people sometimes that, you know, salad bars, all you can eat. Not all you can eat, like one serve salad bars. And they, with the small bowls you get there, create these magnificent constructions with um, breadsticks or like yeah, those mini corn on the cobs as the structure. <laughs> and then you layer it with lettuce. And then you almost double, if not triple, the volume which you have to fill. It's like one of those engineering assignments. <laughs> dried pasta sticks, celery. How much salad can you fit? Yeah. <laughs> Mayo for some. You'd be really good at yeah, that. Yeah, that'd be great for them. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. There's not enough building in food restaurants. That'd be quite good fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. You're, not, you're not telling your kids to not play with your food, are you? <laughs> you're like, right, no, you're doing it all wrong. Here, right. This is what you've got to do. I, I have one correction to make from, uh, when was it? It was the episode when we were talking about, I think it was uh, Goodhart's Law. Yeah, I have one correction to make from the introduction of Goodhart's Law as well, where my dad listened, which he doesn't normally do, but he did listen to that episode. I think he was forced to because he was in the car with my sister uh, <laughs> on quite a long journey. And um, he had a bone to pick with me when I said that he used, as a scout leader, he'd let us all f- um, shoot fireworks at each other. <laughs> He said, that's not strictly true, is it? Uh, and I had to admit that, that was the case. No, we didn't shoot them at each other. We shot them up in the air. But it you know, felt like each other. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's my uh, apology and correction. Okay. Um, brilliant stuff. Uh, thanks, guys. Very fun and, and always insightful as well. So please. And, and what I find it just reaffirms stuff that the three of us can sometimes get quite quite enthusiastic about during the the course of a, of a podcast specifically on one topic so it's lovely to have uh, our thoughts and and some of the information that we that we talk about confirmed by by you guys listening in as well so um thanks for that keep them coming in and we'll be back next week bye for now bye. Music on this podcast series is sourced from the very talented Frank Cinelli. And you can find loads more tracks at frankcinelli.com.